Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with The Autumn Miles Show. Welcome to the show. Shout out to all of you guys out there that are like, I'm never going to make it through the day. It's taking forever. Guess what? You're almost there. Congratulations. We have a a great show for you today. I'm obsessed with this um, word that I'm going to share with you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. You can reach out to us on all of our social media. Just send me a little inbox message. We have a team of people that that answer these messages. And we're obsessed uh, with hearing from you guys. You guys really, you really are, um, it is just such a joy to hear from you and hear um, the, the, hey, I listened to this, I listened to this message that Autumn talked about and it was exactly what I needed to hear at that moment. So reach out to us. You can do it on any of our social media. Just look up um, Autumn Miles. I'm the girl with the fluorescent blonde hair and um, way huge eyelashes. And then you also have the option of emailing us. Okay. Hello at autumnmiles.com. We check all that email all day, every day um, to hear from you guys. I want to go ahead and get into this word today. And it's one that um, I pray encourages your heart. I know it does mine. This is for you today who God has said, listen, I want you to start a church. Or I want you to have 10 kids or I want you to go through the adoption process. And you know that you've heard from God. You know that he has spoken to you. You know that, you know, you don't have to confirm it. You know what God has said to you. And as soon as you step out and follow what God has told you to do, you are immediately met with fierce opposition. And maybe you're at a point right now where you're questioning, did God really tell me to do this? But you know that you know that God told you to do this specific task. This is for you guys today. I want to get to my scriptures today. I'm going to actually back uh, it up. Um, They they put down uh, my scripture, but I want to read a little bit more than what they gave me. Uh, today, uh, Exodus chapter three. Now, now he, this is when don't check out cause hopefully this is going to encourage you guys. Okay. Just because you've heard the scripture before, um, Exodus chapter three talks about Moses receiving his calling, uh, at the burning bush. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire. Exodus three, verse two from the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire. Yet the bush bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burning up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Verse six. He said, I am the Lord, your God, your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. And I have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I'm aware of their suffering. And verse 10, skipping down again, therefore come now, I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel out of Egypt. Now, Moses had a very clear directive 
from the Lord. Come now. (laughs) I'm going to send you to Pharaoh because I've heard their cry and I'm going to have you release them. Okay. It is clear. He was not. I mean, he did have a couple of questions, but he knew that God was going to send him as a change agent for Israel. He was going to be the vessel that God chose to use to do this specific thing. However, let this encourage you today. I'm going to skip over to Exodus chapter seven. Then the Lord said to Moses, see, I will make you as God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you. And your brother shall speak to Pharaoh that he let the sons of Israel grow out of this land. But now this is God talking. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart that I may multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Now, listen, when verse four, seven, four, Exodus seven, four people, when Pharaoh does not listen to you, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my host, my people, the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt by great judgments. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. And just P.S., by the way, the next verse down says um, Moses was 83, which is encouraging. I guess I'm not so old, Dan. Um, I... <coughs> Love this portion of scripture because this is Moses getting a clear directive. But then in the same breath, uh, you know, a a little bit later in Exodus, we find God saying, yes, I'm going to use you to do this. But be aware, I have made it really hard for you. (laughs) I have hardened literally. I have hardened Pharaoh's heart. It's going to be I'm paraphrasing for God. For God forgive me when if I get this wrong. Um, I'm I I am going to send you to Pharaoh. He is going to make it really hard on you, but I still want you to proceed with it. This is why God made it hard. That I may multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. I think sometimes, and I'm just going to be honest with you, um, we overlook the fact that God is about his glory and he doesn't want to share it with you. He's not interested in that. Okay. He wants a vessel that is completely surrendered. And sometimes when it is a little bit too easy, we tend, he knows us. He knows us. And although the Bible actually says that Moses was the most humble man that ever lived, um, sometimes maybe Aaron wasn't. Maybe Aaron was arrogant. I don't know. He sure he he definitely made the um, the golden calf. But sometimes when it's too easy, we can tend to take some credit for it. We can tend to take just a little piece of the glory, maybe a little piece of what is only God. And God says, listen, I'm not interested in sharing any of my glory with you. I am about my glory and I'm and and, and that's just the way it is. So sometimes God will commission us to do something. One of the reasons he makes it hard is because when he acts, when he acted for Israel, it was completely No question who authored their release. No question. 
No question. And I think sometimes we're in a day and age where we um, we're commissioned by God and we expect for it to be easy. And then when it does get easy, Satan gets into our head and, and he tells us things like, well, you must have had something to do with it. Wow. You preached a really good sermon. Well, wow. You know, you, you worked really hard to gain the finances to adopt those kids. Wow. You're, you're just doing all. And, and, and wow, you need to take a little bit of this glory. It is because of you that this stuff happened. And that is not what God is about. He makes it hard sometimes for us and on us, even when we were commissioned to do something, because number one, he's not going to share the glory. And number two, he wants to, according to this verse right here, he wants to multiply his signs and his wonders in the land of Egypt specifically. God wants people to see how huge he is. He wants people to see what he can do with one life that is surrendered just to him. He wants you to see his goodness and his miracles. He, he, want, he invites you in to his supremacy to see what he can do through um, a situation that is incredibly hard. He wants you to see his healing. He wants you to see his provision. He wants you to see um, the man that was completely anti-Christ, now full of Christ. He wants you to see the transformation. And sometimes when God commissions us and then all of a sudden it's hard, it is so he can come in and do something that he would not be needed to do if it was easy. He wants to multiply his presence in such a way that it is legendary. And the legend and the reputation and the power of Jesus continues. My grandma, um, amazing, 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 amazing woman. As a matter of fact, um, she, I was very close to my grandma. I I would send her cards in the mail. Um, she was obsessed with makeup. Isn't that funny, Dan? Me too. Um, she, she loved her lips. She was actually a Mary Kay consultant. Uh, she, so <laughs> I remember going to her house when she was, when I was little loving makeup, not being aware, allowed to wear any cause my parents were mean. I'm just kidding. They weren't mean. Uh, but I would go into her house and she would have an entire closet full of every type of makeup you can you can think of, you know, foundation, eyeshadow, blah, 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 all sorts of stuff in this um, in this closet. And I would just go and I would stand and I knew it was beautifully organized. So I knew, oh, Autumn, you you can't touch it, <laughs> you can't touch anything because I would be, you know, putting it on myself when I was seven years old. But she would give me these samples and I would put these samples on and of course I didn't know how to apply them um but but it, it somehow we developed this this really beautiful relationship even though she lived in South Carolina and I lived in Indiana and I remember the day I, I remember her being um diagnosed with breast cancer the story she was actually sick uh before I even was born with breast cancer horrible breast cancer um she went to the doctor they had done everything that they could you know back then you know they did the chemo they did the radiation they did the the surgery um you know it was just a very devastating time and um she went to the doctor and um the doctor said there's nothing else i can do there's nothing else i can do now she believed that god said that she was he was going to heal her but she goes to the doctor and all of a sudden she's out of options there's nothing else that we can do for you. 
Miss King. Face in her home. Uh, a couple of nights later, she was in bed because she's very sick. And um, she starts praying. And um, the story is very tender to my heart. But uh, she, she would tell the story. She's she's with the Lord now. So she otherwise I'd have her on the show so she could tell it. Um, but she tells the story and she did tell the story that Jesus appeared to her and looked at her and held her. And she talked about his eyes. And it's very interesting that if you if you, um, you know, talk to anyone that has been close to death, they will. And, and Jesus appears to them. Um, they will talk about his eyes. And she was saying there was such peace in his eyes, such kindness in his eyes. His eyes were, um, you know, just very serene. And, and she, she would tell us the story. And she believed that Jesus told her that she was going to be healed. Hard situation. But the power of God. She walks out. After she has this encounter with Jesus and she um, goes and uh, she talks to my grandpa who, he, he, you know, he has this famous chair that he sat in and uh, she said, I just, I just met with Jesus. And Jesus said, he healed my body. The next week she had to go to the doctor for some sort of reason. I'm not quite sure, but she told the doctor, Jesus healed my body and I am free of cancer. Sure enough, a scan later, it showed that God had healed her body 100% from cancer. And she um, lived another 20 years. It's interesting to me that um, as I see that story, you know, we, we, we hear of people getting these diagnoses and we hear of people that um, are encountering something incredibly difficult. And yes, I do understand that God does not choose to heal this side of heaven, everyone. But in my grandma's situation, in this specific situation, she was offered the worst news possible. But God healed her. And in doing so, he magnified his signs and wonders amongst our family and planted with doing so planted seeds of faith in me if you have just joined us you are listening to the autumn mile show which is me we're talking all about have you stepped out in faith after hearing directly from god and now you are faced with fierce opposition i pray this word encourages you as you listen along sometimes god makes it incredibly difficult so that he can magnify himself to you. I'll never forget, um, you know, like I said earlier, going into um, that closet and thinking, what if she wouldn't have believed? Where Would this closet even exist with all this makeup in it? What if? But she stood strong. She believed. And God healed her body. You know, Moses went on. Um, and he had the knowledge that God was going to harden Pharaoh's heart. God was going to make it extremely difficult. But he knew that God had called him. 
He knew that it was it was a way for God to receive the glory. It was a way for the Egyptians to see the power of God, which they did not believe in and actually worship many other gods. It was he and him uh, making it hard for Moses was a vehicle that God used to magnify his glory for generations and generations and generations and generations and generations to come. Sometimes when God calls us to something and we are immediately met with complete opposition, sometimes God's in that and not Satan. It's interesting to me that a lot of us say, well, Satan, I'm, I'm really under attack. Uh, Satan's really attacking me. And, um, you know, it's, it's really difficult. And, you know, I'm, I'm met with a bunch of opposition here, there and everywhere. And, um, you know, I just really wish the Lord would intervene. And I'm praying that the Lord would intervene. And what you don't understand is that God, through making it difficult, is a way for him to one day get maximum amount of glory in your life. Sometimes we need to celebrate it because we know that he is still working. He is alive. He is well, but he's going to do something so miraculous that generations would be changed because of it. Not just you, generations would be changed because of it. Um, I love that Moses didn't give up. After that first, hello, can I have the Israel Israelites when he went in front of Pharaoh? He could have very easily after Pharaoh said, nope, you can't have them. He could have turned around and looked at God and said, well, God, he said no. So I'm going to go back, um, you know, to, to, to what I was doing uh, with my wife and my father-in-law. He, he could have said no, turned around and left and gone back. But he didn't because he stood on the fact that God had called him and God was going to complete what he asked him to do. Faithful is he who has called you. He will also bring it to pass. The process isn't up to us. God knows exactly the process that the world needs in order to accomplish his glory. The process isn't up to us. The only decision that we have is, are you going to obey or are you not? Are you going to quit or are you not? God isn't looking for quitters, especially in the day and age that we live in. He is looking for champions like Moses that will stand on the word of God and not, not stand on how they're feeling. Can you imagine how Moses was feeling standing? Imagine all the host that he stood in front of as he asked Pharaoh to release 400,000 people. I mean, I'm sure the throne room where Pharaoh hung out was full of a bunch of yes men and you know the guy who did pharaoh's pedicure and the guy who did pharaoh's hair now, i'm sure they were all there listening all laughing and taunting him i mean you, could you imagine the talk in egypt when moses said hey let my people go and then could you imagine how humiliating it would be for pharaoh the, the supreme power of that era to look at you and say no Most of us would have quit. But Moses was more interested in magnifying God's signs and wonders in the land of Egypt and finishing the call on his life than how he felt or being humiliated. This is so life-giving, even to me as I say it. Those of you that God has called you to do something and you've done it, 
and you wonder why your church isn't growing and you wonder why no one's picked you as adoptive parents and you wonder why you can't get pregnant and you wonder why you've been single for 40 years and you have no idea what's going on. And, you know, you're not you're not strange. You just haven't met the one that God has for you. Uh, You wonder why God told you to move across the country and it's just been so incredibly hard. And you wonder why um, you were supposed to downsize your house and now you've downsized your house and now you just wish you had your other house. And you wonder why God told you to change jobs because you knew that God said it, you did it in faith and all of a sudden it's hard. I want to encourage the host of you that are listening to the sound of my voice today to stay with it. Because your story is going to be one that is going to encourage many. And eventually it will be one that people will look at your story of faith and say, you know what? If they did it, even when it's hard, I can do it. If they stuck with it, I can do it. And eventually God's going to move you to a place of such incredible blessing that people will wonder how you got there and they will taunt you and even make fun of the blessing that God has given you. But they don't know what you went through. I want to encourage you to stay with it. Because faith does not go unanswered by the Lord. Faith does not go unconfronted by the Lord. God meets our faith with his faithfulness. And yes, the process is not up to you. And I'm sorry if it's hard. But one day, you're going to see a crazy turnaround. Right after my divorce, I... um. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking over my notes. Right after my divorce, I remember, and, and my dad is a very godly man. He's been on the show. He's amazing. But I'm going to tell on him just for a second. Um, I went to my dad, and I said, God is calling me to go to Liberty University. And um, my dad said, I don't think you should go yet. And no, this was in July. Liberty started in August, their semester. This was in 2002. Um, but he said, no, I don't, I don't want you to go yet. I said, no, dad, I think I need to go. I think I need to go. I'm freshly divorced. Like my life is just total in shambles. And I, my dad said, no, <laughs> look at him going, I know God has told me to do this. He was one barrier that second, but he was well-meaning because dads are very well-meaning. And I remember having to look at him one day, which is really hard to do. I had to look at him one day, you know, he had supported me through my whole divorce because of the abuse and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I looked at him and I said, dad, I, I respect your opinion so much and I love you so much, but God is telling me to go. So I stepped out in faith and I went to Liberty university and it's very interesting, the timing of all that, because if I wouldn't have gone the semester that I went, I would have never met my husband. God was at work. He made it a little bit hard and and that might be a simple example, but he made it a little bit hard because I was really relying on the support of my parents at that time, being ousted by a church, being ousted by a marriage. I was really relying on that. And it was one of those things that, oh, I know God's telling me to do this. All of a sudden it's really, really hard because I'm facing opposition from someone that I want approval from. I had to push past it. And now I look back and if I wouldn't have gone, I never would have met my husband, Eddie, who we've been married for 14 years. Sometimes God makes it hard. 
so he can magnify his glory, his signs, and his wonders. And y'all, did he not do that with Moses and the nation of Israel? You know what else is hard? Resurrecting someone from the dead. It's pretty hard. Why did Jesus have to die? Why did he make it so hard? Couldn't he have done it another way? No. Because our sin needed payment. But guess what? He made it hard, but yet he resurrected him from the dead. Want to know what else is hard? This is a funny one. Gideon fighting 135,000 men with only 300. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Why would God do that? (laughs) God's so funny. And yet, not one of them died. He did it with 300 men. And actually, they never even fought in combat, um, which is also fascinating. You know what else is hard? Pushing out a baby when you're 90 years old. It's pretty hard. Conceiving a baby when you're 90 years old. Try that one. I don't even think modern medicine would support that. You think so, Dan? No, it absolutely would not. Who, who even lives to be 90 these days? Not many, except Queen Elizabeth. She's pretty old, right? But in these stories, we look at them and we treasure them and we, our, our encouragement is drawn from them. Why? Because God Almighty had to intervene. Yes, he did call you. Let me affirm that. He did call you. But sometimes he makes it hard. It's not for you. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about what he wants to do. So he can magnify his signs and wonders in those that are watching. Love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow right back here on the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.